Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. What you're going to hear today is a recorded conversation that I have with my good buddy, Chris Watson. Chris has been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. We actually did this recording for a radio program that I was guest hosting, the Tom Roden Morning Show. And in this conversation that Chris and I had, it was so good, I wanted to share it as an episode of the Intentional Encourager podcast. The, the thoughts that Chris shared around storytelling are exactly why I do what we do on the Intentional Encourager podcast, is that I want you guys to be a part of a really killer conversation and see, you know, what happens telling the story, what happens emotionally and, and connecting and things like that. And so that's why I wanted to have Chris on the Intentional Encourager podcast to share some of those ideas and thoughts with you. I hope you get something out of this. It was a really dynamic conversation by a really great friend, Chris Watson. And so take a listen. If you hear the radio show or you hear something like that in reference, it's referring to the Tom Roden Morning Show, the, the radio show that I was filling in on, that I recorded that conversation between Chris and I. And Tom is the guy that Rick, the, every introduction that you hear to the Intentional Encourager podcast, it's Tom's voice that 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 is that is on that recording. So uh, again, I wanted to share this conversation with you. I hope it helps you. I hope you get something out of it. Without further ado, my conversation with Chris Watson here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And I've got a guy with me, a, a great friend of mine, that is going to teach you and give you some 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 ways to think differently about the story you tell. Folks, let me tell you something. There are a lot of businesses out there that want to go to the next level, but their story doesn't align with the people that they want to get to that next level with. And I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Chris Watson. Go to craftandcompel.com, C-R-A-F-T-A-N-D-C-O-M-P-E-L, craftandcompel.com. And the guy behind Craft and Compel joins me this morning here, Chris Watson. I call him C. Watts. So, C. Watts, how you doing this morning, brother? Man, I I couldn't be any better. Be sexy. It's uh, it's uh, man, it's big time. Uh, always when you and I get together. So I'm excited to be here. You and I take conversations in different places, and so let's start there, because conversations right now are going in a lot of different directions because they're driven that way by a certain narrative or they're driven that way by by what people want to spin a certain way and, and and again I'm not trying to get political here but but we have a media that that is intentional in driving conversations a certain way and what happens Chris is they don't tell a story it's a narrative what is the difference between a story and a narrative yeah so a narrative is really controlling more the present and when we tell a story, uh, we're really weaving out what the future is. Uh, all of us and everything we do, everything we buy, every action we take, where we invest our time, 
Um, all of that really comes down to we are trying to build and craft and earn a better future, a better future story. Yeah. But when the media or politics or whomever, you know, your your high school teacher, your high school coach, your mayor, uh, your chamber of commerce, when they're throwing out a narrative, they're trying to control the present, the here and now. They're really trying to control that. So that really is, I would say, the shift is that the narrative is the driver for those stories that fit internally in there. Uh, and the danger is, is that, uh, you know, we were taught, you were talking about organizations. If you're a small business, you have the ability to create a strategic narrative that then helps your employees or yourself or your customers be able to tell better stories. Just understand that um, that strategic narrative should be a narrative that everyone can participate in. Yeah. And I think too often that isn't happening in, in social media and, and with other things is that they're not allowing us to participate. Instead, they're kind of holding our feet to the fire. You know, I love where, where you're going with that conversation because here, here's the thing is that a lot of people feel like they have to regurgitate the same story or memorize it to get it right. And, 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 and I love what you said there about the strategic narrative because it's something that you can internalize and you can build from it, but you have to take that strategic narrative and add your own flavor to it. Add how it affects you as a small business owner or you as an employee of that small business. Where do people get in trouble regurgitating stories instead of just telling a story from the heart instead of, you know where I'm going with this. It, it, it almost feels like we have to memorize a script or or just say, you know, it like Chick-fil-A. And forgive me for going a little long here. But every time you, you go to a Chick-fil-A, they're taught to say, my pleasure. Instead of saying, oh, you know, thanks for coming in, things like that. They're just taught. And it's automatic when you say thank you, it just automatically comes out of their mouth. How do we keep from having our stories just be regurgitated and not have that heartfelt, that place of heartfelt telling it? And I hope I'm asking that question correctly, Chris. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, side note, you'll like you'll like to know this. I actually worked at Chick-fil-A for about seven years in high school. And the year they introduced my pleasure uh, was the year I quit. Uh, I didn't really... Uh, <laughs> really want to that doesn't surprise me man <laughs> you're a different kind of thinker hey, and it, that really doesn't surprise disruptive me. don't make me say what i don't want to say so uh what you're basically saying is is that you know the idea is that we don't want to be telling someone else's story you know if if i went down to your main street or your downtown or wherever you live and we went over to house hardware the experience that that brian would have and the experience that chris would have would be a little bit different and so because of that the story as a customer that we would tell would be different. So if House Hardware has four employees in there, those four employees don't need to regurgitate what House Hardware's famous line is. No, yeah. they need to tell the House Hardware story according to their own personal experiences. If it's a younger person, maybe they talk about their grandpa. If it's an older person, they talk about all the things that they've actually built or constructed in their life. When we start to expect people to tell the story that we want them to tell, it loses all of its passion, all of its rawness, all of its emotion. And what yeah. do we love about stories? We love the emotional 
passion? How does this move me emotionally and compel me to want to do something? And so what is better is to say, this is the strategic narrative that we're going to run with. We want this to be the core of your story. We want Brian to tell it in his own way. We want Chris to tell it in his own way because then it becomes more authentic and true to who we are. Well, everybody looks for a happy ending. And, and, and that's what, again, I, I feel like a lot of times that when we're trying to solve a customer's problem, we're trying to get to the heart of the situation. That customer isn't really looking for a happy ending. They're trying to solve heartburn. You know, if, 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 if I'm not feeling good and I go take Tums, I don't care that, that, that I, you know, I'm happy all of a sudden. I want that thing to solve my problem. I want to get rid of this heartburn so I can move on to something else. I'm not necessarily looking for a good feeling other than what I need internally to feel like. Why do you feel like sometimes, Chris, we're more focused on the happy ending than getting to the meat of connecting with that person? Because you 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 hit it right there. It was, you know, we, we connect with stories because, you know, in some way we can see ourselves in that story. But it always feels like we have to go for that happy ending. And it's and and man, that almost seems at times like a pipe dream or, or an unrealistic expectation. Yeah, it's because we're more focused on ourselves than we are on the customer. We're more focused on ourselves than we are the audience that we're speaking to. Um, an easy framework that you can use is you should be thinking about it in this order. This is the priority order. You should be thinking about what is my audience's story, my customer's story, what is their story. What is the story I want to tell them? And what's the story that we're going to build or write together? And it doesn't have to be this massive, hey, we're going to be partners in relationship in 30 years and we're going to grow your revenue 5 million. Because to your point, sometimes I just want good food. Sometimes I just need thumbs to help me out. So we would quit focusing on our own feature, function, benefit, better future, uh, you know, big pie in the sky. If we would leave that, and really lean into, well, what is it that you need? What are the obstacles you're facing? What are the outcomes that you want? Okay, now I'll give you the offering or the opportunities that I have. So I think really the shift is if you're in sales, you're a business owner, quit focusing on yourself because that isn't what's going to help grow your business. Quit focusing on your story and more or less lean into who's my customer. In fact, here's the assignment that I would tell everyone to do. If you have some customers that have been with you for a very long time, Uh, They keep coming in, you keep seeing. Why don't you go ask them what they are struggling with, what they are going through, because they are most like the customer that you want, the customer that you want to bring in your door. So that's how I would be doing my, you know, market research, so to speak, is talk to the ones that keep coming back and try to understand because I have a relationship with them. What are you going through? Why do you keep coming here? What, What do you like about our place? What do you not like about our place? What do you like about our people? And that'll give you a really good, like, tuned into connectivity of what are the questions we need to be asking people when they step through our front door, when they visit our website or when they make a phone call to us. You know, something that, that I'm, I'm remembering back as we, as you and I are talking. And by the way, um, you can find my conversation. Chris has been on my podcast, the intentional encourager podcast, and he's told his story. There are a couple of things that when I think about you, there are a couple of things that come to mind about your story. The first is when you told me you were teaching school in in, in, a, in an urban area and you had kids that were coming in and, and things like that. And that moment that you 
that that moment that happened in your life that changed the the trajectory of what you decided to do and then i'll never forget the story you told me about the weekend where you were at when your dad passed away and how that impacted you when you talk about the story from the customer's perspective how deep can we go to uncover the layers of that story that will help us connect deeper with that customer because you were gracious enough with me on my podcast and you're you're gracious with your time this morning to help me understand and help our listeners understand better you and, and, and why you're so purposeful that way. But you didn't have to go there with me. You didn't, there were parts of the story that you didn't have to tell me. How do we then go deeper with that customer to uncover those more personal parts of the story that really can connect us deeper to them? Yeah, there's two things. So one, humans are natural reciprocators. If I show up and I'm smiling, typically I get a smile back from people. If I show up and I'm cranky and rude, typically I'm going to get cranky and rude back back to me. And so if well, what did I tell you when we what did I tell you? I said, man, I just I just want to reach out and give you a big bear hug, dude. Yeah. So it, it makes me smile. It makes me excited. And so I think if you want a deeper story from your customer from your people you've got to offer that deeper story about you and your and your business you and your organization you uh and how you're connected to your customer uh number two is um you know i would i would tell you that we have one of the greatest information machines out there in the internet in social media in newspaper in chamber of commerce in figuring out who is my customer, what are they going through? Quite honestly, I would look at it almost like a a relationship, like you're dating someone. Well, on the first date, uh, you don't ask someone, uh, what is the most tragic thing you've ever been through? Because you won't be going on a second date. So when you think about your customers, you want to understand the level of the relationship that you're asking questions and giving, and here's the key, an opportunity to see if they go deeper with you. Uh, too often, uh, what I recognize is that organizations, businesses, we're only asking a question to get the answer that we want to then sell them something. And I actually look at it as I want to, and this is what Brian does so well on his podcast and on the radio show here. I want to ask questions to get a story out of them, not yeah. to get an answer out of them. And if I can ask questions to get a story out of them, then I can ask a follow-up to get deeper into that story and deeper into that story until we hit just a natural roadblock that both of us look at each other and we recognize that, uh, yeah, we fit our, we fit the place. Like I'm not going any deeper in this moment, but you know, I'll give you an example. Let's go back to house hardware. For me, if I was going to sell somebody, uh, you know, hardware, uh, they're coming in, they're getting hammered, they're getting nails. I want to know about the project they're building. Well, let's just say, yeah, you know, I'm building something in the backyard. Cool. What do you what are you building? Oh, I'm building a, a playset. Oh, you got to tell me about the grandkids. What what are they into? Are they old? Are they young? Is this grandkids that are coming? Oh, it's this. What's their favorite game? Well, notice I'm going deeper, and what I'm going deeper into is the relationship and the connection that this person has with those grandkids. And as we go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, I now know that this is Brian. And he's got two grandkids, and yeah. Jackson and Charlotte are his grandkids, and they love X. And you bet, Ryan, when they come back in, I'm going to remember all those things. And I'm going to be like, all right, did they love the swing? 
What are you back for? A treehouse now? Let's go. And that is the connection of me asking questions because I got a story out of it instead of just saying, uh, how much weight do you want this to hold? Okay, well, here's here's where you're going, Chris. And, and, and I didn't mean to, to jump in there, but, yeah, you're but good. You're good. here's good. where you're going. What you're really doing is talking about expanding the reality in the moment. Because as you're telling that story, here's what I'm thinking. Tell me about your grandkids. You may have started out to build a swing. As I get deeper and I probe deeper, what's their favorite game? All of a sudden, the wheels are going, well, I might be able to add a, a, a little play area. That wouldn't be too hard to do. A little bit of mulch, a little, you know, some 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 wood planking around it. Um, man, you know, I never thought about, I see you guys have got plans over there for a, a, a little slide house. They can go up in this little house and it's a slide and, and, I never thought about that. I don't think that'd be too hard to do. That'd maybe be a couple more hours, but boy, they'd really love that. Boy, Papaw would be, as we say here in West Virginia, boy, Papaw would be a hero then. What you're doing, and I love the way you frame that, is you're expanding the potential reality. So in other words, a lot of times what we do in, in, in business, a lot of businesses say, I want to serve these customers. And we have this product and we're going to serve these customers and we want to do it well. And as you start to dive into the story, that small business owner goes, well, wait a minute. We've got this over here. I never thought about serving these people over here with this because it wasn't in their scope of reality when the conversation started. And now all of a sudden, because you dove a little deeper, the reality expands. How hard is it for people to understand expanded reality in a story? It, it's not that difficult if if you do it often, because the more times you do it, you'll recognize that the truth is, is that all of us have the same motivations for a better future. We're either trying to improve our, our life, our health, our wealth, or our legacy. I mean, that's what, that in everything that we do, uh, that's the things that we're trying to improve. So when I go down and I want to go buy a, a cheeseburger at Whataburger, honestly, I really am trying to improve my life. Now, it might be only in, in that microsecond that I want to go eat a yummy cheeseburger. But when you think about like the things that you invest in and building the treehouse. Listen, I'll fight you on Whataburger versus In-N-Out. I'll fight you on that one because... Hey, I'm, I'm good with either one. I'm, you know, a you're an equal opportunity style. employer. You're I, like myself, man. You're like, you know, because hey, listen, the first time when I went to Dallas, not to not to sidestep here, but yeah, I went did. to Dallas a couple years ago. It was before I knew you. I would have definitely, you know, we would have gotten together. But I, I, I said, okay, I've got to do I've got to do a comparison here because I've heard about what we don't have what a burger and in and out either one here in West Virginia. Sure. But I had to do a comparison. I said, I got I got to try Whataburger and I got to try In N Out. And then we went back to Col we went to Colorado in, in May and they have an In N Out in Colorado Springs. I told my wife, I said, I don't care what you do for dinner, I'm having In N Out. Because I, I just enjoyed, man, I enjoyed the food and it was Whataburger's good, but 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 to your point, Chris, you have some people and, and, and I love where you're taking us. You have some people that love documentaries. You have some people that love fictional stories. You have some people that love romance. You have some people that love comedies. You love, they love rom-coms, things like that. 
there are certain stories that people just naturally gravitate to because of, of you know some people like action movies things like that I, I like documentaries because i love hearing stories about other people i, I that just I, i'm a i'm a 30 for 30 junkie the the espn 30 for 30 same, series same, yeah same. you know and and that's the thing have you let me go here for just a second you're a big time st louis cardinal fan and, and and I'm a big time Reds fan, and it's because of the influences of our dads. And we talked about the influences of our dads. Is there a Cardinal that you would give anything to sit down with and hear their story? Yeah, I mean, it would have to be Stan the Man Usual. Um, I know, thought Stan, you would say pool holes, but I, I'm interested you know, to hear. You, okay, yeah. so let, let's let's sidebar the pool holes. So let's talk about it in just a microcosm. Okay, so okay, if pool holes would have stayed, yes. But in the current state of going to L.A., and my brother and I were just talking about this. It's funny you say this. That when, when the Cardinals lost to the Dodgers this year, that smile, that excitement that we saw on Albert Pujols in the dugout, it just did something to me as a Cardinals fan. I did not. Kind of died a little bit inside, didn't you, brother? It, it, it did. It did. Now, I'm not saying he didn't do a lot for St. Louis. He did. You know, we still went to – you know, three World Series, and we're yeah. four games away from a couple others. But it, I think you would have to be standing man usual. And it's back to what you said. And, and here's why is because in that era of baseball, the stories were better. The stories were better because I believe that, you know, if you look back at the era before money and TV and licensing and all those things, they really were playing more for passion. They really were playing because they recognized uh, what it did for the fans. And I think the shift came that more of our athletes are just selfish. And uh, and that's not a bad thing or good thing. We can get to that argument some other time. But so for me, it would be somebody that would be a little bit further back in the day. You know, another interesting one would be like a Vince Coleman. I'd like yeah. to know, like, what's the history? What could have happened? And kind of play that game. But I think it would be, I think it'd be staying the man, I think, fighting in the war and, and all yeah. the things that he went through, right? Well, here's the thing. Here's where you're going with that. And 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 it's it's completely relatable to to what our conversation has been driven on this morning, and that is the customer experience. When you and I were kids, the way you experienced Major League Baseball was going to the ballpark. For me, it was Riverfront Stadium, and I write I write about that in my book. For you, it was going to Old Bush Stadium. You'll never forget the first time you went there. You'll never you you had moments with your dad at the ballpark that you'll never forget. And and now with 162 games on TV, it, it, baseball has and the pandemic showed us that baseball is a made for TV product. I mean, they could play in empty stadiums, and and they could pump in the crowd noise, and it's a made for TV product. Mm-hmm. And. Nothing replaces the experience. So, Chris, here's the thing that I would ask you, piggybacking off of that. Why do most companies say they want a better customer experience but don't put the resources in to the story behind why they want a better customer experience? Uh, I would say they don't know their customer. I hate to say it that direct and, and and it probably hurts a few people's feelings is that here, here's the thing you may know who your customer is today but as you just said our customer is always evolving yeah and when our customer evolves 
and we want to improve the experience, what does it mean? Well, then our experience has to evolve. And so, and, and, and you saw some companies that were forced to do this. In fact, you've seen some companies that realize, wow, we would have been better as just a takeout, carry out restaurant only. Uh, we Oh, you know what? We would have been better just as a mobile service and not even have a freestanding. We see, we see businesses selling their entire building. Oh, our workforce would be better remotely. So I think some people were pushed into this. Uh, the danger is, is, and I want you to hear this loud and clear if you're a business owner, the danger is, are you more focused on your experience, your employee's experience, your internal experience, than you are your customer experience? Because when you are so internally facing uh, your customers who suffers, um, and I'm, I don't know about you, Brian, but I felt this. I have felt yeah. this. I have felt this in in many different places that I, I shop at, I eat at, I go to that. I can, I just get this feeling that a little bit of selfishness. I don't know how else to say it. I, I don't get a feeling of, you know, they want to make sure that I buy here. Yeah. It's almost like they don't care. Like well, hey, Chris, you what here, you're you talking here. about, listen, what you're talking about. And, and I thought about, you were talking about interviewing a guy like Vince Coleman. And here's exactly what I thought about. The Cardinal teams in the 1980s were built for speed. It would be like the Cardinals trying to play for the three-run homer, try to play a power game with their opponents. Instead of, play, instead of dictating to the opponent what they were going to do, it would be like the, the opponent saying to them, well, um, you guys play a power. The only guy that, that really St. Louis had in the middle of that lineup in that great run was Jack Clark. That was the guy that you could count on to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Then they added, you know, they added Tom Bernanski later. They got Pedro Guerrero. But that team in the middle mid-80s, when they had their greatest success, they were a speed and defense team. You weren't going to beat the Cardinals if you if if you let Vince Coleman and Willie McGee get on base, you knew that Tommy Herr and Jack Clark were going to drive them in. And and God help you if you let those two those first two guys get on base because they were going to turn a walk into a triple, yeah. And, and and that's the thing. And I love what you said there about you feeling like when you shop at stores, that business is asking you to play their game instead of catering it to what you do best. It would have been again. It would have been like Ozzy Smith asking Ozzy Smith to hit thirty home runs. It wasn't going to happen, right. Yeah, and I think this is why so many people are shopping online now. Because if you're not giving them a wow customer experience, if you're not giving them a better story in the store, then why would they even go into the store? Um, you know, you, you talked about Chick-fil-A, right? And I think Chick-fil-A's business has, has risen dramatically because of the way how efficient their drive-thru is. Yeah. Right? I don't know the last time yeah. you saw Chick-fil-A drive-thru, but that experience for me... It is convenient, efficient. People are always kind and nice. You know what you're going to get. Um, but I, I would say, you know, just, just kind of an idea for any small business owner out there or a salesperson, you're tuning into the show. What I would tell you is, is to think about, once again, think about your customer and the emotions and the feelings that they have now and what they are looking for to improve their world, their life. And does your product or your service 
give them that emotion? Does your product or service give them that experience? That starts with each individual person in your organization being able to communicate that through a story. Here's what I thought about when you said that, okay? The classic Star Wars movie from 1977-78. Whoever gave George Lucas the idea of the prequel, that was brilliant because now you could take the story anywhere you wanted to take it. You could do movies on the backstory of Han Solo's life. You could do a movie on where this character is going. Here's the next thing. And oh, by the way, we're going to do the next movie. We're going to back up and tell you why what you just saw was that important. Talk to me about the iteration of the story and taking the story in different directions. Because I feel like that there are people out there going, Chris, man, I love what you're saying. But how's hardware, you know, we're looking at house hardware in the past instead of writing a story of where house hardware can go am i making sense with the with the prequel and and things like that with with that kind of analogy so what i would tell you is your goal and any customer you have you you really there's there's four things that you should be focused on one you should be focused on how can i build familiarity with this customer with this buyer what that means is like can I understand where they are at now and where they want to go, right? Yeah, so anytime that they hear your name, they immediately associate something with that. 100%. So when when I think of encouragement, I think of Brian Sexton. When I think about I want encouragement, I think about Brian Sexton. When a leader tells me, man, I just need to encourage my people, I think of Brian Sexton because you have told that story over and over and over that now I understand I'm familiar and people can become familiar with you and we understand the situation. Number two is I want to build curiosity. So I don't want to just be this. I also want them to say, hey, tell me more. What do you mean? What does that mean? Where else can I go? What else can I get? Those kind of pieces. We want curiosity. But when you're talking about what you're talking about is that the Star Wars story is so incredible that we could go in the middle of their life and enjoy the movie. But then George Lucas came back and said, let me give you context now. So as a salesperson or a business owner, people are walking in, let's say house hardware, it's been around for 80 years, but they're walking in in year 81. So I have an opportunity there. Do I need to give them context, which equals credibility, by the way, or do I need to give them the future story, which is more about authenticity? Every person needs a combination of credibility and authenticity, credibility and authenticity. Back to the hamburgers, in and out, credibility. Hey, it's a burger that's been around for a very, what a burger credibility. But when I go to the store, what I'm looking for, I'm looking for authenticity. I'm looking for authenticity. I want you to be nice to me. I want you to take good care of me. I want you to get my food out warm because I, I, you're built on credibility and I want authenticity, a new business never been around before. They're going to struggle with credibility. So you know what they need to lean in on authenticity. There's a combination in every story of credibility and authenticity. So when you're asking me which way to take it, That's where I assess my customer in the moment and their body language and just ask them, hey, what are you looking for? Are you looking for an organization that like has been around for 30 or 40 years and has massive tradition? Or are you looking for someone that says, I want to grow with who you are. I want to take the next step with you. I want to build the future with you together side by side. So authenticity, credibility, go evaluate your company story right now, your website right now, your promotional materials right now. 
What story are you telling? Most businesses think they should only be telling credibility, but I'm going to tell you, new buyer, new buyer. They are buying from authentic companies that they believe in that elicit emotions in them. This is why we're seeing single origin coffee take over cold, cold brew pour overs instead of what? Starbucks, Starbucks credible. But I want to know that it's coming from a single origin source that there's no slave trade or anything of like that or low wages. Yeah. We're having a new buyer come in. It's cause connection. It really has become cause connection because here's the thing, you know, wh why do you think politically, why do you think in fundraising emails and things that you get, they're always pitching you with the cause. They're, they're pitching you with, and I get emails all the time, pitching me with the cause. And I'm like, but you never connected with me. You're right. trying to pitch me on the cause. You're trying to tug at my heart. You're trying to, you're trying to, to seed it. And there's nothing wrong with seeding into emotion unless I'm disconnected from you. If I'm disconnected, then I'm going to put up that wall of emotion. I love what you said there, man. I got to go here for just a minute. And, and I, man, I'm, I want to be respectful of your time and the audience's time. But, Chris, I want to go here just a little bit deeper. You said two things there that are powerful truths about humanity. And our customers are people. People buy from people. It's what I wrote in my book, People Buy From People. You, be, you believe that wholeheartedly as I do. And we've talked about that privately as, as we're talking about it now publicly. Authenticity and credibility. How is it that people hit the credibility piece and miss the authenticity piece? Because when we think about competition, when we think about business, when we think about how business has been done for so many years, Quite honestly, that is the way of old. That is the way that organizations think they need to be built. And Chris, here's why I asked you that. And, and forgive me for jumping in there, but I want okay. to put some context around that for the, please, for the listeners. Please. Most businesses, most small businesses open their business because they have something authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got mom's, I've got mom's chili recipe. I've got grandma's pie recipe. I've got you know, we're talking about food here, but but name your product. You know, Hal's Hardware, we've been talking about that. You know, maybe Hal's granddad invented a different type of hammer or something like that, and that's what put them in the hardware business. It seems to me, though, everybody, it seems to me that a lot of small businesses and a lot of businesses today would rather focus on their credibility and and not dive deep in the authenticity piece. And man, you just hit it. I, I'd love to know why we sacrifice the thing that put us in business for because, something else. Yeah, because it's our culture, Brian. I mean, our, our culture right now is all about credibility. I mean, look at look at social media. Look at you know look at um, you know people trying to build this kind of fake highlight reel of their life. I mean, you and I are on LinkedIn and not, not to talk bad about LinkedIn, but you have a lot of people on there that are calling themselves, you know, founders and CEOs and they're a one man shop, you know? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think I would ask, well, yeah. what are you trying to portray? Yeah. And so I, I think that we are being pressed in our culture to portray this like massive level of credibility when in actuality, Everyone really what they want is authenticity. Now let's pause there for a moment. There are, I believe, situations where your credibility is going to come into question. But just like a college graduate 
how do you gain experience? You gain yeah. experience from finding people that believe in your authenticity to give you an opportunity to prove your credibility so that then you can use that credibility to go gain other customers based upon your authenticity and credibility. Well, and I saw you mentioned LinkedIn and I saw a picture this morning of somebody that I knew and and they were they had President's Club Awards and they were like, you know, prepping the shelf for my next one. And, and my first thought was, be careful patting yourself on the back. You're liable to tear a rotator cuff. <laughs> you be careful because, again, and, and and we've had people in this audience, Chris, that are listening to us talk that say, guys, I know what you're talking about. I've had that level of success. I've been on the mountain and I've been in the valley. I know what both of those are like. And, you know, the funny thing, Chris, is the story a lot of times is just as powerful in the valley as it is on the mountain. Mm -hmm. What you gain from that story, and a lot of the great fables and stories of life are rooted in the depths that people go to when they're faced with hard times. I want you, the last couple minutes we got here, you know me and and on my podcast and, and what I'm doing this morning, I always like to, to, to leave somebody encouraged. Encourage that business owner around the story that they want to tell or that salesperson that says, man, I don't think my story's quite there. Give, give those people some encouragement this morning. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard the, the fable of the lion and the mouse, but there was a lion and a, and a mouse in the jungle. And the mouse was running by, got scared, and the lion caught him. And the lion said, you know, little mouse, why should I not eat you? And the mouse said, oh, please, please don't eat me. There's going to be there's going to be a time in your life where you're, where you're going to need me. I'm going to help you. And he laughed. <laughs> need you, little mouse. Why would I ever need you? And he goes, this is your lucky day. I've already eaten today. I'm going to let you go. About three days later, the, the lion is roaring top of his lungs. Help, 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 help. And the mouse hears it. The mouse runs up and he sees the lion caught in a trap. Now, this trap was a big rope net. And the mouse looked at the lion and he says, I should leave you. I want to leave you. In my heart of hearts, I want to leave you. But today, I'm going to save you. And he chews through the rope. And the lion looks at him and goes, I, I, I misjudged you. I can't believe that I misjudged you. And in that moment, the mouse felt as big as the lion. Well, when you think about that fable, you need to think about your organization because however you project yourself, how whatever story you're telling, you are either the mouse or you're the lion. If you are the mouse right now, then you need to think about what are the things that we do well that make us feel like a lion in our community, that make us feel like a lion with our customer. And if you're the lion, you need to consider are our people telling a story to build up the mouses, to build up our customers? Because I don't care who you are in every community, and we all know them, you're either playing the part of the lion or you're playing the part of the mouse. And in my eyes, I feel like that most organizations and businesses, if they would lean into their story, they can engage their disconnected, their disengaged audiences. Let me give you a quick, these are the four things that every story needs, and then I'll get out of here. It needs a significant moment. If you think about the story we just told, there was a significant moment of the lion catching the mouse as well as the lion getting caught. Yeah. You need authentic emotion. I need to feel it. I need to, I need to feel the emotion that you have. You need specific details 
or what I like to call sticky details. I want, you saw the rope, Ryan. When I was telling you the story, you saw the rope on there. You saw the mouse chewing through because there were some sticky details in that. And then lastly, you need some identifiable characters. If you have customers, make your customer the identifiable character. It's as easy as that. Build those four things in your, in your story. Give your people some opportunity. Here's your strategic narrative. Now go tell your story that resonates with you that you passionately can tell. Man, that is so good. That is so good. Chris, tell folks how they can can get a part to be a part of what you're doing. Um, if they want to reach out to you and 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 have them have you teach their team the art of great storytelling, tell folks how they can connect with you. Yeah, craftingcapel.com, as Brian said. Uh, you can also email me, Chris Watson, C-H-R-I-S-W-A-T-S-O-N at craftingcapel.com. Find me on LinkedIn, any of the other uh, social places. Uh, you know, if you feel like, man, my story's old, it's outdated, and you want a story that connects your people, your partners, and your prospects, let's link up. Let's have some fun. Let's get together. And if you're really serious, I'll give you a cell phone number. That way you can get right to him. If you let's if you it. really if you're really serious about getting this, listen, you would do well small business owner, salesperson to spend an hour with Chris Watson. It, it will revolutionize your business and your story. Man, see Watts, I, I can't thank you enough, brother, for, for joining me this morning, man. You're the best. I appreciate you. Much love, man. Thanks so much. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.